Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden Kushner with Vsin and boy do I have a monster show for you today. We got game number 2 of the first round series between the Nuggets and the Warriors. Get you the lines to that. Get you the lines to the Rockies as they start hosting the Phillies after a series split with the Cubs. Plus, the Avs are in the market tonight. They host the Washington Capitals. And George Stoya from the Gazette, he's going to join me. He came up with a mock draft. I like this mock draft, too, with the exception of his first pick. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, let's get right into the front range for the four biggest stories in sports. On the front range, the Nuggets were garbage in game number one. That was absolutely awful. Now, many of you are going to blame the officiating, and there's something to that, but that's not why the Nuggets lost this game. The Nuggets lost the game on many, many fronts. Their offense, awful. A 112.6 offensive rating. That's bad. That's really bad. Now, the good news is a seven-game series full of emotional swings and adjustments, so you really don't want to react after that first game, but... Here is my concern as this series continues to advance. Golden State's going to go small, and the Nuggets just aren't going to have an answer. Get into that in just a second, but back to game one. Jokic was not good. Draymond extremely physical with him. I am such a Draymond fan. Unfortunately, he's taking on Jokic here. I'm hoping Jokic gets him in game number two. But what is the adjustment here? What is the adjustment with Jokic having 25, 10, and 6, and really not being efficient, and them needing more out of him, and really needing more out of Aaron Gordon. Barton had a nice game. They need more out of Aaron Gordon. He just was not good enough. But back to Jokic here, he needed 25 shots for 25 points. That is not good. He missed all four shots from beyond the arc. He only got to the line two times, though, and he only made one. That is the biggest issue As far as Jokic, he's got to start getting some calls in order for this team to have a chance. Now, again, the concern, and I think the big adjustment Kerr makes in game number two is he goes with the three guards. We saw Jordan Poole hit for 30. Steph Curry coming off the bench. Klay Thompson, he's terrific. So this is going to be the problem for the Nuggets. You got a big center in Nikola Jokic, and fine, he can guard you know, Draymond or Looney or whoever, but it's the guys on the outside that are going to have some issues. Aaron Gordon's got to play better all the way around. But now you're guarding three tremendous, best three-point shooter ever, guy who's a top five guy, and now Jordan Poole, who, because of the injuries to Clay and Steph, has had a chance to come on, and he's a superstar too. This guy is magnificent. Now, when you saw the Warriors go to the traditional defense, and the traditional offense. And offensively, we're talking about the two guards, forwards. You got the big man in there, too. The Nuggets actually led 
for, let's see here, about 20 minutes. About 20 minutes, and then Kerr said, you know what, forget about this. Let's get Poole back in the game. Let's get him on the floor with Curry and Thompson, and then it was just unfair. 12 minutes together in game number one, Poole, Curry, and Clay, they crushed the Nuggets, 42-16. We can't overreact to this, but again, that was just a bad, bad showing. Now, let's get into the officiating. So Jokic, after the game, he said, uh, what'd you think of the officials? And he goes, my friend, I'm going to get fined if I answer that, so I can't. So he knows the officials suck. They didn't give him any calls. Uh, Malone knows the same thing, and the whole team knows the same thing, and the NBA is going to know about it. And this is what Steve Kerr had to say. He goes, Denver's going to bring the full force tomorrow, which is today. They're going to get to the line more. That's the way it works because they're going to be more aggressive because they sent their clips to the league like everyone does. And I hope the league looks at this. Jokic got mugged. The Nuggets are going to need every edge they can get. He should be at the line a minimum of eight times a game just because so many of his, so many times he takes a shot, he gets fouled. He gets fouled on the floor. He just gets mugged. So that was the game one recap. No bueno. That's just what I'll call it. I'll call it no bueno. Michael Porter Jr. could be back here during this series, though. Don't get your hopes up. I mean, how many times have we talked about Murray might be coming back, Porter Jr. might be coming back. Porter Jr. comes back, boom, there's a big boost to your offense. Now, MB, MPJ actually talked about this. He said, I just decided that if I feel perfect, I'm going to come back. If not, I'm going to take my time. But then he was asked how his body feels. He goes, I feel close to perfect. So maybe they do get MPJ back. If they can extend this series long enough, that would be a nice boost and maybe an emotional boost too. But let's get into game two tonight. The lines on Bet Rivers. Nuggets plus seven. I don't know if this gets up to seven and a half. It was sitting at six and a half at a lot of books. Bet Rivers is the best place to get in though at plus seven. Maybe it gets to seven and a half. Gordon needs to be better than three for 10 and 0 for three beyond the arc. He just... He looked stiff. He wasn't great defensively. He couldn't shoot. He missed a couple of gimmies. He missed wide open threes. If I, if I said there was one big reason why this team didn't win game one, it was because they couldn't guard the, the three guards from the outside. The second reason was Aaron Gordon was just horrible. And then you can go to Jokic. Now, Jokic has to get some calls tonight. He's got to get to the free throw line. You can't settle for 25 points, 25 shots, and only have two free throws. It's just, that's bad officiating. And that's the officials getting intimidated by the Warriors crowd. It happens. They're humans. Now, you got to try to stop Poole, Curry, and Clay. I'm not saying you're going to, but you've at least got to neutralize them. You can't let them outscore you by about 30 points, 25, 30 points, when those three are on the floor. So... Maybe we see more Austin Rivers. I thought we'd see him more involved because of his defense in game one. Once the Warriors went to the three guards, we didn't. So Malone has to adjust there. Now, let's discuss Jokic for a second and what he's got to do tonight. Listen to what Draymond Green said about Jokic after game one. People would be like, oh, man, that's great. I feel like he's going to try to come out and give me 40, 15, and 15 next game. So how I feel about that is that he's pissed off and he's coming back with a vengeance tomorrow. And Loom, myself, and Otto, Andre, uh, Belly, all guys who saw time on him at some point or another, uh, we just have to try to make things tough. When you're playing against a great player, um, you know, they're going to score. 
I mean, he still had 25 points. You're not locking down a great player. Um, he's the MVP of the NBA for a reason. And, you know, he's possibly the MVP of the NBA again. We don't know yet, but for a reason. Uh, he's an incredible, incredible player. Very, very, very tough guard. Um, you know, when I think when I'm guarding him, I'm also playing chess. You know, it's not just all bang, 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 and beat him to the spot. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot of different games within the game that you have to try to play against a guy like that um, that's that smart. See, the, you know, you have a lot of guys that's skilled and talented and not very smart. Um, don't see the floor well, kind of got like these blinders on and they see this one thing, which is the rim through these little blinders. And those guys are a lot easier to take out of the game than a guy like Joker who scores the ball just as well, if not better, as those guys that's like this, um, but pass the ball just as well as Chris Paul, um, reads the game just as well, or, I mean, as LeBron James. Take that with a grain of salt. LeBron James probably read the game better than anyone in the history of basketball. But you, you, you get my drift. Like, Against a guy like that, it can't just be like, oh, I'm trying to do this one thing. You know, there's so many other things that you have to do. Because if not, he just quickly figures stuff out and, and, and take advantage of it. So um, thanks, but no thanks. I, I can't fall for that one. I gotta. I know, I know how he's coming out tomorrow. I just got to try to make him take tough shots and live with the results. So yeah, Jokic is pissed off. And he is coming back with a vengeance today. If he goes for 40, 15, and 15, like Draymond says, the Nuggets are winning tonight's game. The best player in the NBA needs to be the best player on the floor. Was he the best player on the floor in game one? I would say it was Jordan Poole. Jokic needs to be the best. So now th that might be a little exaggeration. Has Jokic had a 40, 15, and 15? I believe he has, but you're also talking about a 70 points, rebounds, and assists. And I bet Rivers, it's set at 49 and a half. So if you think Jokic goes bananas tonight with 40, 15, and 15, I'd lay a lot of money on that over. I'm not going to bet it. Uh, but here's the play. This is what I like. I don't think he gets 40 points, but I think he gets more than 28 and a half points. You can go for the points, rebounds, and assists at 49 and a half. It's down two from 51 and a half. But I think Jokic just goes bananas tonight. And I think the biggest way... He scores, and he gets to the line, and I think he gets 30. So the play tonight for me, Jokic over 28.5 points. Jokic over 28.5 points, minus 113. And I have a lean toward the Warriors covering the seven, but what I'm hoping to get, again, is the Nuggets plus 10 or 10.5. And, and I did in that first game. Unfortunately, they just got blown out. So again, live betting, I will be attacking this from the angle of getting double digits for the Nuggets, but Jokic over 28 and a half points, minus 113 official play for tonight. Number two on the front range four, actually, is it number, is it number two? Let's see here, because I got the Rockies in the field. Yeah, number two on the front range four, I did it. I just figured out what I wanted to talk about here, didn't I? Um, George Stoya, my guy from the Gazette, uh, he came out, the Gazette, the Gazette, he came out with his first mock draft. I can't believe this. The NFL draft is 10 days away. This just completely crept up on me. I mean, we've had the March Madness, you have the NBA playoffs, the abs are rolling. 
it's just everything. The, the Rockies started. So this is ooh, creeping up. And I love football. Football, NFL is my favorite sport. But George has the, um, he's now the third analyst that I've seen. I've only seen maybe six mock, mock drafts. He's the third that says Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State's the play here in round number two. Be interesting. You know, once they come out with those draft props there, does McBride go to the Broncos? But I'm not so sure. I know he won the Mackey Award. A, does he drop to number 64? B, is the Broncos team in win-now mode? Because if it is, then maybe you go defense. Or maybe you go offensive lineman. If you're not, if you're willing to take a year and develop a tight end, then I think Trey McBride is a great choice. But how many times have we seen rookie tight ends come to the league and just not live up to production? Even Kyle Pitts last year, who's supposed to be the greatest tight end in the history of the world, greatest tight end prospect ever. He didn't have a good season. He really wasn't that involved. It is a position that, for whatever reason, takes a while to develop in order to have somebody help you in year number one. Can he help maybe on third downs or in the red zone? Maybe, but I'm going to talk to George about this because I'm not so sure that this is the right pick for the Broncos there. If they want to win the Super Bowl this year, there might be a more pressing need. Going forward, would he be an amazing pick? Absolutely. I would love it. So we'll discuss this with George a little bit more later on the front range four. Let's get back to business here. Number three. Sports story on the front range. Your Colorado Rockies, and they host the Phillies tonight. It's the start of a three-game set, and Bet Rivers has the bases covered when it comes to early week betting fun. Today, you can make your perfect combination and try your hand at some new baseball same-game parlays. Then tomorrow, log into Bet Rivers for a 20% profit boost on any baseball game. So Tuesdays, I will definitely be in there, and I will be better. We had that for college basketball earlier in the year. It's just an autoplay right there. 20% profit boost on any baseball game coming up tomorrow. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Get your baseball bets in. Get them in. Let's go. You got to be 21. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. If you have a gambling problem, call 800-522-4700. Back to the baseball, though. Here are the lines for tonight's game against the Phillies. Aaron Nola and Chad Cool, the pitching matchup. Rockies plus 143. You're getting a run and a half on the run line, minus 108. So if you think the Rockies win this, you're getting a nice return. If you think they stay within a run or even win this game, minus 108. 11 and a half is the total. Aaron Nola, one of the better pitchers in baseball. 101-675 ERA, 107 whip, 12 strikeouts. He hasn't looked good in his first two starts. He's looked a little shaky. That will turn around. Now, in that first start, Chad Cool, um, he looked good. He had five strikeouts. Did allow a lot of base runners, though, and he relied on a lot of ground balls and double plays. And I don't think he can jam up the bases tonight, though. You do that, even though it's not great hitting weather here at Coors, and we have seen some offense uh, suppressed, you just can't do it. Uh, you can't allow base runners with Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. I mean, they just got bats up and down the lineup. Now, Nola has given up seven runs in nine to third innings. That was all at home. And he gave up four runs in seven innings in his only start at Coors last year. So I'm not going to really extrapolate anything out of that. But 
My play on Bet Rivers tonight, just a half a unit. Just a half a unit. I'm not going to go bananas. I think the Rockies at plus 143 is the play. Half a unit, plus 143. This team's really good at home. I think Cool can keep them in this game as long as he doesn't jam the bases up once again. Now, if you see Chad Cool putting base runners on multiple innings, he's not going to last a long time. But I think this offense can get to Aaron Nola, too. I don't love the over because I think it's set perfectly. I see 10, 11, 12 runs being scored in this game, and it's at 11 and a half. But, but... I do see a way to get to Nola here, especially the way CJ Crone has been hitting, especially the way Connor Joe has been hitting. Chris Bryan off to a nice start. Let's just go back to yesterday real quick, and I'll talk about some of the starts that these Rockies have had. So they split with the Cubs. They lost yesterday, 6-4. to four. Austin Gomber went four and a third innings. And the Cubs got five runs, four earned, and uh, eight hits. And he walked four, although one was intentional. 6-4 loss to the Cubs. Gomer did not have a good start. That was, that was not good. You know, we've seen a good start and a bad start out of Marquez. Since Atella has been terrific. Chad Cool got out of a lot of trouble in his first start. Gomer didn't look good. Uh, it just didn't look good. But they're 6-3. and three. This team isn't winning the division, folks. They could flirt with 500, can they? There's very little margin for error, but... If you got Joe, Senzatella, Crone, Marquez, maybe Chris Bryant gets hot, you at least have a core that's going to keep you in games. Crone is tied with Vladdy Guerrero for the most home runs in baseball with five. Just had a multi-home run game. Connor Joe is tied with Nolan Arenado for sixth and hits in the National League with 13. Senzatella has given up two runs in eight and a third innings with no walks. Antonio's been great. So again, they've got Marquez, they got Sensatella, a couple of really uh, nice starts for Sensatella, and Marquez, we know he's great. The bullpen, this is what really sets it apart. If the Rockies bullpen, if they have a top five bullpen this year, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. If they do, then this team is going to be a 500 team. I really believe that. The bullpen leads baseball and wins, big deal. ERA they lead baseball at 1.08. Okay, that's good. That's not the best indicator for bullpens. I think walks and hits and innings pitched, it's called whip. That's the best because it tells you how many base runners are. I think hard hit rate's pretty important too. Uh, they're not walking anybody, and that's every bit as important. But they haven't struck out many. They need to miss bats when they're throwing in the pen. Now, 25 Ks and 40 innings, no bueno. Although Ty Block threw a ton of innings here. So let's go look at that, uh, the two stats that I really take away from bullpens. Number one is whip, walks and hits and innings pitched. How many base runners an inning are you allowing? And the Rockies are fourth in bullpen whip at 1.08. They're allowing about a base runner an inning. That's spectacular, especially at course. And they face the Dodgers. They're fourth in hard hit percentage, which is great. You don't want to be 30th. Just 25.2% of balls are being hard hit. So that's important for this bullpen too. And it's not warm yet at Coors, but this is a very, very good sign for the Rockies going forward. Fourth on the front range four. Let's get into the avalanche here. Avs host the Capitals. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers, minus one and a half, plus 118 on the puck line. So if you think the Avs win by multiple goals, plus 118 is a nice number. Minus 200 on the money line. If you, if you have a play that you love more than anything else and you want to parlay it, 
The Avs are just too good at home. They're not losing this game tonight. The total is high. Seven, juice to the under at minus 137. The owner, the over is plus 117. This went from six and a half to seven. Now, the Capitals have won five of six, but their defense is weak. And the good news for them offensively, they're led by Alexander Ovechkin, one of the greatest hockey players in the history of the league, one of the top five scorers. I think now he's like third in goals all time. So you'll get to see Ovechkin against guys like McKinnon and McCarr. That'll be fun. The Capitals, though, their defense is not good. They've allowed four and a quarter goals per game over the last eight against teams that are going to the playoffs. Thanks to Action Network for that one. Avalanche averaging four and a half goals per game over their nine-game win streak. They just don't lose, and they don't lose at home. And damn, this team is so good. They got to win the cup this year. And it doesn't matter who starts in goal either. I don't care if it's Fransos or Kemper. Fransos is on fire. Kemper's been fantastic this season. It's going well. Remember when all the jabronis out there were saying, oh, there's a goaltending controversy. No, there's not. There was never a goaltending controversy. Caps are really bad defensively. They're 20th in goals allowed per game. The Avs, one of the best offensive teams in the league. They lead the Western Conference in goals in 209. Here's the play. Avs over three and a half regular time goals. Minus 130, Bet Rivers. Once again, abs over three and a half regular time goals at 130. So we got a bunch of bets. The abs bet. We've got the Nuggets bet tonight with Jokic over 28 and a half. And we are going to go Rockies and Phillies tonight as well. This will be really interesting. Rockies plus 143, half unit play. NFL draft. 10 days away, folks. It is creep. It absolutely crept up on me. I can't believe it. And it's good to get a little NFL back in the system. I'll be paying attention to the draft here on this show probably every day. That I Absolutely every day, actually. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Next week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They don't have a pick on the first day, but they'll have a pick on that Friday. And then... The, what is that? The 30th? I think it's the 30th when I come back. We'll just have a, a NFL draft extravaganza to recap what the Broncos did. And we'll have a whole bunch of bets, too. You know you can bet on the NFL draft. It is a lot of fun. And I think Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday is going to be the first day we start digging into uh, draft bets. I've already got a couple down. Nothing on the Broncos yet, though. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos draft with George Stoya from the Gazette next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. We got a lot going on in sports right now. Rockies in action tonight. Nuggets in action tonight. Abs in action tonight. And George Stoya from the Gazette came up with his Broncos mock draft. George, uh, wonderful. I like it. First of all, I disagree with your first selection, but I feel like they might go that direction. We'll talk about that in a second. But how is it only ten days from the draft? Because from my standpoint, I think. It was just, we had March Madness, 
Nuggets down the stretch. The Avs are down the stretch. Rocky season starting. For me, that's why it kind of snuck up on me that we're 10 days away. How about you, my friend? And hello. Yeah, I, I think that there's just a lot uh, obviously going on in, in Denver sports right now that uh, other people are, are obviously, you know, have attention towards. I mean, you look at the Nuggets right now, uh, you know, going up against a, a good Warriors team in the playoffs, like you mentioned. Uh, you've got the Avs, who are the Stanley Cup favorites, which I'm going to be helping out with our coverage there soon. So um, I'll be doing a little bit of Avs writing here uh, in the next few weeks and, and into the playoffs. And then uh, you've got the Rockies, who um, I think they just lost the series to the Cubs, but they, you know, they have a winning record, which I, you know, if you would have asked me a few weeks ago, if they would have a winning record through their first, I think, eight or nine games, I probably would have said no. Uh, they took the series from the Dodgers, too. I got to go to opening day, so that was fun. But uh, I think there's a lot going on. But also, uh, you know, for me personally covering the Broncos, I think part of it is that they're, you know, last year uh, with the number nine pick, there was a lot of attention of are they going to take a quarterback? What are they going to do with that pick? Are they going to move back? Are they going to move up? Uh, this year, obviously, they don't have a first-round pick. And there's just a lot of, obviously, attention towards Russell Wilson and and the team that they currently have and not so much about – who they're going to go get in this draft. Now, obviously you have your draft nerds and guys that love, uh, you know, going through and picking up uh, who, who they think they're going to get. But um, I think that that's part of it, even though, I mean, the Broncos do have, um, you know, currently officially eight picks. I know there's some talk out there that they might get a ninth pick from the Lions from that Trinity Benson trade. I think that's going to happen, but I don't know uh, until it's official. I don't want to say that's going to happen just yet. So let's go through your mock. And round number two, guy a lot of people around Denver know, Trey McBride, Colorado State, number 64 pick overall. I believe that's the last pick in the second round. So no pick the first day, like you said, late in, the, in round two, Trey McBride. Let me just tell you why I don't – my question's about McBride, and then you can you could come back and talk some sense into me. Um, because we have not seen tight ends immediately make an impact. If this team is looking for a Super Bowl this year and they're looking for an immediate impact player, I don't think you're going to get that at tight end. I know you can't go into the season with just Albert O and a couple blocking tight ends, but for me, even Kyle Pitts last year, look at that, the greatest tight end prospect ever. It was a subpar season. I feel like it takes multiple years to get there. So for me, George, this is a pick for the longer term and not a pick for you to win a Super Bowl in year one. Now, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, one, I, I don't think uh, – I know that uh, obviously the expectation for the Broncos is to try and compete for a Super Bowl next year. I don't think they're going to win one next year. I think that this is going to be a process, a year two, year three type of thing with Russell Wilson for him to go get a Super Bowl. But in terms of McBride, I just think that he, he's a really talented guy, and, and obviously – He's considered, uh, you know, the top tight end in this year's class by a lot of people. Won the Mackey Award last year. I don't even know if he's going to be available at number 64. I think he actually could go a little bit earlier in the second round. Um, but I do think if he's available, the Broncos will take a serious look. Obviously, he's a guy that they got to watch a lot last year, uh, considering he's in their backyard. Uh, I was really impressed with his pro day. I think he ran a 4-4, 4-5, uh, somewhere in there in his 40-yard dash. And at his size, I think that's really impressive. Um, but like you said, I think there are some concerns there in terms of, you know, what kind of production can he really contribute um, early in his career? Now, I do think he's, he's pretty pro-ready. I mean, he's, he's built like a pro um, you know, tight end. And, and I think that they're definitely going to be targeting a tight end early in the draft. Now in my previous mocks, cause this is my third one and in each one, I tried to 
uh, you know, pick a different pick different players at each spot. Uh, and the last one, I actually like uh, Grant Calcaterra out of SMU, and I think they can get him a guy like him or somebody like him somewhere in the fourth round where you have two picks there um, that maybe you take a chance on on a tight end there because there are a lot of tight ends that I think are going to fall you know to day three, and I think that. Um, a guy like Grant could, could obviously come in and, and, and maybe contribute. And he's more of a, a guy you could split out, not as big as McBride, but um, is a guy that I think they might also be interested in. So um, again, I mean, I, I think that if McBride's there, he's definitely uh, someone to keep an eye on, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they also pass on McBride and maybe wait to get a tight end later in the draft. Okay. So let's discuss the team needs here. They need a tight end, probably need help on the offensive line. They wouldn't mind adding, uh, what, an inside linebacker, a pass rusher. Uh, gosh, there's a few of them, and even a running back later on. So uh, let's get to your third-round pick here, your third-round pick, number 75 overall. So they have a pick 11 later, and that would be Dylan Parham, a guard from Memphis. Talk to me a little bit about Parham and the need that this team needs at the position. Yeah, I think interior offensive line overall is, is, a, is a place that they want to improve. And obviously, when you bring in a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who's going to run a lot of outside zone, is, is very run heavy, and you have to have a certain type of offensive lineman, a guy that uh, is a good run blocker, somebody that can pull around the edge, uh, very versatile, and that's Parham. Parham uh, is not very big. He's only six foot three, uh, 285 pounds. I'm sure they would want to get him up to about 300 um, but he can really move, and he was one of the best run blockers in college football last year, and so that's why I think he would fit uh, Hackett's system. He's also already met with the Broncos, which is always you know, a good sign that they're, they're somewhat interested in a guy like him. So I, I think that he would be an interesting guy. There's obviously a lot of guys that um, I think in the inside offensive line that, that they would be looking at, and I think that's because uh, right now I, I don't know if Lloyd Cushenberry is the starting center moving forward. Obviously he started there the last couple of years. Parham could come in and play center. I know they want to get Quinn Miners on the field. I think Dalton Reisner's spot, he's going to have to compete for that starting spot. Graham Glasgow has injury issues. Uh, so I think they really want to sure up that inside offensive line. And, and I know that right tackle's been a big talking point. I'm sure they'll go out and get a tackle at some point in this draft. But uh, I do think that um, interior offensive line is also going to be a, a huge need for this team because, like I said, they don't have a ton of depth there. And I'm not sure that they have a lot of guys that, they just have a ton of faith in right now to be a starter. I think all those, all three of those positions inside uh, are up for grabs this offseason. All right, so rounds three and four. Number six overall, number 115 overall. Addressing the defense, right? Uh, D'Angelo Malone has met with the Broncos at this point. He's an edge rusher out of Western Kentucky. You've got him in the third and the fourth. You've got Terrell Bernard, the linebacker out of Baylor. And, yeah, the, there's no question that the Broncos need a little bit more depth at linebacker. Uh, also in round four, um, you got a cornerback taken here. So you think in the middle rounds, and again, this would be what their third, fourth, and fifth pick, addressing the defense. What are the needs over there? And maybe one or two players that I just talked about that you have in your mock that you think have a legit shot of being here. Yeah, you know, I will say the one part, the one uh, area that I didn't like about this mock the way it ended up. Uh, is I think they're going to take a linebacker earlier than round four because, like you said, they really don't have a ton of depth there when you talk about you have Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, Jonas Griffith. And then after that, 
they're moving Baron Browning to outside linebacker, at least right now. He, I mean, I'm sure he could move back to inside. He looked comfortable there last year. But I think they want to sure up that inside linebacker spot. And if you can get a good player there, and I know in my last mock, I had them picking Brian Osamoa out of Oklahoma, who I think would be a really good pick in the second round. Um, and that's what I had in my last mock. I think that he's a guy that they could seriously look at. He's He's been jumping up draft boards for a lot of different teams. Uh, and then I, I really like Terrell, Terrell Bernard, though, if you can get him in round four, like you said. Linebacker out of Baylor was a three-year starter. Uh, he was an all-Big 12 selection every single year he played. Um, he, he's, he's very experienced. He's very physical. Um, I believe he was like one of the Big 12 defensive players of the year this last year. Uh, and so he would be a really good pickup there in round four. Um, and then you talk about D'Angelo Malone in, the, in round three at Western Kentucky. He's a guy who has met with the Broncos. Um, he's an elite pass rusher. I think he holds the, the school record for career sacks with 34 at Western Kentucky. Um, obviously played at a smaller school, but shows a lot of good skills on, on the edge. And then you have Cordell Flott, the uh, uh, cornerback that you were talking about there from LSU. He's a guy that isn't the biggest corner at six foot one, 165 pounds, but is definitely a guy that I think is going to be available there on day three that you could bring in and, and is obviously not going to be a starter uh, for the Broncos, but a guy that you can rely on as, as a depth guy. I, I kind of think of him sort of like Caden Stearns last year, right out of Texas. Uh, you get a guy like him out of ra- in round five uh, and he's, he's able to contribute in some ways and obviously can come in and play um, special teams. And that's kind of how I look at Cordell Flott. He did a lot of different things for LSU, um, was a two-year starter for them, played elite, um, you know, uh, wide receivers at LSU. So I think that he's a guy that you take a chance on and, and uh, can kind of develop into maybe a future starter for your team. Okay. So last but not least, I want to talk about this. Um, I want to talk about this running back situation. Yeah. Where are we right now on the roster? And they're going to end up taking somebody, right? I mean, you could have an undrafted free agent, fine. But I don't want to say running backs don't matter. There are quite a few running backs that are picked in the middle to late rounds and undrafted as well. So what is the current situation with the Broncos at running back? And who do you think they'll take at some point in time in this draft? Yeah, it's such an interesting situation because obviously it looks like they're not going to re-sign Melvin Gordon. Uh, they've got Mike Boone, who I, I know they really like, but I don't think that he's, you know, a, a, a backup running back, a second team running back. Uh, and they obviously want to bring someone in that can contribute on special teams. George Payton has made that an emphasis. And so um, that's why I have them taking TJ Pledger here in the seventh round, um, running back out of Utah. And because he, he did return kicks in his career, um, he was a transfer from Oklahoma to Utah and played a lot of special teams. Uh, for both teams. So I think that he's a guy that they could maybe take. But to your point, um, you know, running backs that you've seen over the last few years, unless you're getting a guy like Najee Harris, um, you know, Derrick Henry, these these generational type running backs, you're probably not going to take one in the first round, let alone even the second round, unless you get a guy like Javante Williams this last year. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do there. Like you said, they could pick up an undrafted free agent. Uh, There's going to be a lot of guys available in the back half of this draft, especially uh, in round six and seven that you could take a chance on and and probably plug them in. And, and, and obviously they will be, you know, younger and fresher and they can come in and be that number two guy. Um, It just depends on what kind of back they want In, in terms of pleasure. He's a smaller guy, more of a, a quickness type guy, can catch out of the backfield. Um, and obviously that's a little bit different than Javante, who's sort of a bruiser um, type of running back. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. But I definitely think they're going to get 
a running back. I, I, I think they're going to take one. I know they met with Coastal Carolina's uh, Shamari Brooks, uh, but he's expected to be, you know, a first or second round type guy. I don't think they would, they would use their first pick on a running back. Um, but again, George Payton's hard to predict, so maybe he will. But there's a lot of interesting running back prospects uh, in this year's draft. And I, I, I'm guessing they're at least going to take one at some point in the draft. Yeah, I think they have to at this point. Uh, and, and let's not rule out trades too, right? I mean, he loves, Peyton loves moving up and moving back. There's no doubt that trades are on the table here, Pro- maybe as much as any team, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, George Peyton, he, he learned at Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota was the prime example for years uh, with Rick Spielman as the GM moving up and down. And a- as we've learned, George Peyton, um, you know, really was pulling the strings for Minnesota there. Um, a lot of years in, in terms of what they were doing in the draft. And we saw it last year. He made, you know, I think two or three trades in the draft. So I expect them to move around. Um, I know there's been some speculation of, will they try to move into the first round? I think if the right guy falls to the, you know, the last few picks in the first round, maybe they try to make a move. And obviously they have enough picks that they could make a move. Um, I think it's more likely that you see them maybe move back in, into round four and get more picks yeah. there or, or something like that. Um, you know, on day three, uh, than maybe necessarily moving up uh, into day one. Yeah, and no act, no, no doubt that they're going to need somebody. I, it, it maybe a pass catching role because you got to figure out how how involved Javante is going to be. We know he's the running back one, but the question is, does he get thirty touches a game? I don't think you want that in a seventeen game series with a team that has aspirations of making a deep playoff run, right? So you're going to need somebody probably for what third downs, even though Williams could handle that himself, I would think a third down back would be the way to go. Yeah. And there's, there, again, there's a lot of uh, interesting names out there that I think that they could go after. I know the kid from, from BYU, whose name is, is slipping my mind is another one that um, has come up. I, I think he'll be available there in round four, round five. Um, the kid from Notre Dame, I think his name's Kyron Williams. He, he's a guy that I know has popped up and obviously had a really good college career at Notre Dame. Uh, so there's several, there's several good running backs out there that you really, I mean, a lot of these guys, like I said, a lot of these running backs, they're going to be available on day three. And, and really when you get to about the fifth, sixth, seventh round, um, you know, I'm not saying that you just take guesses on guys, but it really does somewhat become a crapshoot. And if some of these guys, uh, you know, come available, um, in those later rounds, I think they're definitely worth taking a risk on, especially at running back where you can plug a guy in and, and uh, have them come in and contribute early in their career. Uh, what's his name? Tyler. What is it? Algier? With yes, BS, that's right. BYU. Yeah. yeah. I think that's his name. Yeah, that we were talking about. There's just going to be guys there. There's no question. You don't need to spend an early round pick on a running back. Hey, uh, I want you, first of all, enjoy the draft. Second of all, you, have you ever covered the Stanley Cup playoffs? You know, it's funny. Uh, I've never covered hockey. I, you know, growing up, growing up in Oklahoma, they don't play hockey there, uh, let alone they don't even watch hockey. So um, I, this is a whole new thing for me. I know the Avs are obviously very good, and, and I'm familiar with a lot of the players, um, but it's going to be a, a definitely a learning curve for me. But I'm looking forward to it because uh, I've heard that there's nothing like playoff hockey. So um, I'm all in. I'm, I'm ready to, to get down. And I'm actually going to the game tonight. Uh, they're playing the Capitals. So yeah, uh, looking forward to so- it. I'll just say this. There's two things. My favorite two things I've ever covered, March Madness and then the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, it is, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's seven games. It's adjustments. Hockey crowds are absolutely ridiculous. And if this team gets out of the first round, I mean, it is going to be absolutely raucous. 
and I'm saving up my money. I'm planning on taking my kids. You know, if they can get deep into this run, I'm taking my kids there. So enjoy it for free, man. You're going to have a blast. I promise. Yeah, I'm pumped. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and uh, I know that they're, I think they're the favorites right now in terms of betting odds and things. So hopefully they can uh, make a little run here. I know they've struggled in the playoffs in recent history, but uh, it'd be fun to, to definitely cover uh, a team that makes a, a deep run. Yep. All right, George, plug everything you're doing and where they can find your stuff. Yeah, uh, you can check me out. Uh, you can find all my stuff on Twitter, at uh, George Stoya, S-T-O-I-A, but uh, also on gazette.com. Actually dropped a uh, Russell Wilson feature this morning that I think people might, might like uh, about his days at Wisconsin. So um, go check that out. But uh, thanks for having me on hold, and I always appreciate it. No, thank you very much. I'm going to come back with some final thoughts, and uh, I've got a, one more note on the avalanche, despite the bet that I already placed. Uh, you're listening to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Again, thanks to George Stoya for hopping on the show, talking some Broncos draft. I'll be taking care of that the rest of this week, next week, and we'll recap the Monday after the draft. 10 days away from the first round, 11 days away from the first Broncos pick. Told you I had a couple other things on the avalanche. I want to bring this up. Uh, Just saw a note before I decided uh, that we're going to go on air, me and George. NHL favorites have not lost since last Thursday. NHL favorites have not lost... Since last Thursday. I can't believe this. That's remarkable. Again, uh, I like the Avs goals tonight. If you wanted to lay the 200 and parlay it maybe with your favorite bet, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, So I think what I'm going to do here, I did already dip into the Jokic um, points over 28 and a half. I think I'm going to throw another half unit on that and parlay it with the um, with the Avalanche to win tonight. And you're going to get some plus money here. You'll get some plus money. I'll tell you what that is in just a second. Some other bets I like from the Avs, again, against the Capitals tonight. Kale McCarr, minus 143 for the Norris Trophy for the best defenseman. Mark Springer, our Avs insider, and I have discussed this for a while now. That The juice is a lot, but at minus 143, I think he takes this trophy home. And if you still wanted to bet the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, plus 325, not a bad number. I think I got him at plus 475, but as this thing moves on, it's going to go under 300. And if you wait till they win a, a playoff series, forget about it. It's just, it's not going to happen for you. You're going to miss it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just about as simple as that. Okay, so let's get back to this bet that uh, I'm just kind of piecing together here that I actually, again, I, I like this bet, and hopefully it comes through. So the half unit play here, we've got Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic over 28 and a half points. You combine that with the Avalanche um, at 200, you get a plus 184. Yeah, half unit bet. Avalanche, Jokic over 28 and a half, plus 184 on Bet Rivers. That's my plan, and I'm sticking to it. 
Thanks to Stephen Young, our producer, and George Stoya for hopping on. Wednesday, I'll have my Wednesday guest, Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado.com. We'll talk more Broncos draft. We'll talk more Avalanche, more Rockies, and, of course, the Nuggets as well. I'm Holden. Make sure you leave me a little rating and review. That would be really nice. Five-star rating, little review there saying how amazing this show is. Thank you very much. Take care. I'll catch you Wednesday on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.